historic day in the Offscript calendar. It is our very first show that the three of us have done together. We figured out in about five weeks. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and it feels like it's actually been five months. It, it really does, does feel that way. That's why I'm genuinely... This is the first time I've been excited about this show. <laughs> For about four years. <laughs> yeah. about two As years. evidenced by the fact you've taken a week off, you've yeah. come back refreshed, yeah. and you've absolutely nailed your sports read. Uh, I thank you for that. So within the second. I know, Rob. You know, Look at that. No rust there. It's like uh, riding a bike. Once you get up on that, you, you kind of get there. And it's great to be back. Happy New Year to you, to you, Sonal. And, of course, Happy New Year to each of our listeners as well. It's great to be back. We'll give you that. I'm going to allow you to say Happy New Year on this very one occasion, but you did miss the cut-off point that me and Sonal decided was about January the 4th. Yeah. Mm, so well, we'll allow, right. given January the fact you've been away, the last acceptable day. you've been away, I've been away. We'll throw yeah. you a bone I've there. Got to be respectful well, to you guys and to our listeners. So I'll say, don't that you go down. Happy New Yearing anyone this weekend? <laughs> I know what you're like, Chris. You know He's already that. done it about twenty times this morning. Let's be honest. I'm spending time with Toby Gregory at Sale GP on Saturday. You can bet your bottom dollar. I am wishing everyone a very happy and merry twenty. If only to kill about fifteen minutes of airtime with Toby yeah, at the yeah. Sale GP. That's exactly it. Fun China and myself. At from two <laughs> on Saturday down at Abu Dhabi CLGP. How was your trip home? It was great, Sona. It was lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, spent with the fam, just chilling. The weather in Scotland was miserable. Of course, it freezing. <laughs> You're going to say beautiful no, for a it second. Wasn't beautiful. It was freezing. It was cold. It was wet most of the time, but it was awesome. Never. It's very rare. In fact, in all my years, I think that's the first time I've ever taken a holiday week one of a brand new year, but there was something quite nice about it. Extended through the Christmas and festive period, and it was great. Delighted to be back, don't get me wrong, but really, really nice. Couple of days in London uh, to finish off with, and I'm, I'm ready to attack 2024. Well, Tom has heralded the returning of the five-piece band by saying, I miss Roger, bring back <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Thanks for that, oh, very Tom. Good, Tom. That's really given us a pep in our step <laughs> early on in the week, so thank you very much for that. Sack the presenters, bring in the producer. Rog, as we well know, fully well know, will be making many a cameo appearance over the course. Of course he will. In fact, he might even be in later on today, because we've asked him yet again, despite the fact that we're all back, to do a bit more heavy lifting for us, because <laughs> we are lazy so-and-sos, <laughs> essentially. But, Chris, you referenced the fact that this is a brief sejourn yes. for the band. The band is only on tour for five days. Now, Sonor is off on an ice occasion. <laughs> I called this. I've actually changed my. I've changed my mind on what what this should be known as. Okay. Sonal's going on holiday alone. Okay. Isocation, isolation, but I think it's better to call it a roam alone. Oh. Oh, I like that. As opposed to a home alone. I love yes. it. A Very good. Alone. Look at you, Rob. Yeah, I was telling you guys about how I'm going on my first ever proper solo trip next week. And Chris, you were saying big trend. A lot of people doing this. <laughs> yeah. I was, and uh, Rob goes quiet for about three minutes. Suddenly, after three minutes, we've moved on. The topic's gone. And he just comes out with isocation. And the fact he's went quiet for another three minutes to come up with Rome alone. That's what, Rob, you should be in women marketing. Uh, yeah. So you should. But Sonal told me last week that one of her, quote, New Year's resolutions was to spend more time on my own. I mean, is there a more uncharitable resolution than that? Why, Sonal? I'm sure you unpacked this last week. Why do you need more alone time? Don't you feel like you need alone time? No. No, never. I'm, I'm the opposite. This I'm is why to... you go to, to sit in the restroom for an hour. Well, that's that's just your to... way of squeezing in some alone time. <laughs> that's that's what get, that's all about. Just to get some sleep. That is so. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know me. I like to surround myself with people. So I'm always intrigued. Why do you feel you need more alone time? I'm an introvert. I love being alone, and I feel like this past year, I haven't been <laughs> that alone hasn't at all. Enough. Yeah, you've I... got married. <laughs> <laughs> 
if your husband is driving along listening to this, he's like, I thought it was going well. Am I expecting divorce papers in the coming days? Uh, yeah, listen, fair play to you. I admire yeah. that. I mean, I couldn't do it myself, but... You couldn't travel by yourself? Nah. Come on. Nah, so... Just a couple days. I'm not going for, like, two months. I'd get too... Nah, I'd get too lonely. I need to meet someone at the other end. I, yeah. can, I can do well, a trip myself, but... That's the great thing about traveling alone. You do meet people. Yeah, you know? okay. So don't even kid yourself. You're going to be super introverted when you're traveling. You're not going to be sociable or joke up to random strangers and go, hey, fancy a random chat? You're not going to do that. I do. I always meet people when I'm traveling alone. I mean, it's my first proper solo trip, but I've done things where like group trips and I tag on two days by myself at the end. They're always the best. You always meet so many interesting people, find yourself in interesting situations that you wouldn't otherwise. I think the hubby is screaming at the radio right now. Why can't you do that with me? I do. We go on great holidays <laughs> you do. together. I just, I we go just. on wonderful holidays together. It just so happens he's going home to Cornwall. So instead of sitting here and missing him, yeah, fair. I thought I'd mm. take, wasn't take, advantage, you. take advantage Cornwall of that Cornwall in, mid, in the midwinter <laughs> when it's been battered by Storm Henrik. Yeah, it's Storm, Storm Henk. Oh, Storm Hank. Hank. Yeah. Some, some Viking storm. Yeah, there's a storm battering the UK at the moment. They've run out of like... But somebody else, back me up. Do you like to travel alone? I can't be the only one who's curious about this. Not for me. I can't say. I mean, I, I'd like to hike, but I generally like to hike with a companion. Yeah, of course you mm. do. And I like to hike with a companion. But I, I, I don't mind a, a two-man trip. That's absolutely fine. That's not alone, Rob. No, I know, but like that, that I, I certainly like a streamlined holiday. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like jumping on a tour bus. I'm, I'm not a man for a cruise. I do like to get away from people, and I like to get away from society at large yeah. when I go travelling. But I, I'm not very good I, on my own. I think I just get sullen and yeah. sort of listless, and oh. I, I just, yeah, all, I wouldn't, all of my foibles. I want to share the experience with someone. Yeah, yeah, well, all you know? my kind of foibles would come to the fore if I was sat. In, you would be uh, intolerable. You, you'd go mad after I about fifteen minutes. Be, I'd be, yeah, handing in my notice, and I'd, I'd go rogue as what I would if I was <laughs> sat on my own. So, so uh, more power to you. I, I'm genuinely envious of that. But you've got five days of us. We're, we're yes, talking as that's, if that's not right. Here. Off script. It was very much the same shtick last week and, and you know once again in 2024 we made a vow to bring you the biggest the most important the most transformative stories of the year in 2024 and the spot poll for today is what is the magic number of times that you should wear your pajamas before washing them once again we're asking the hardest questions that the agenda doesn't dare ask on this show so no, have you got the answer well, let me ask you: How often do you wear, wash your pajamas? Um, I'm a, I know I'm you're a big pajama one, wearer because you've told us about your. Yeah, I'm a once every three or four days, man. Okay, that's pretty good. You, Chris? Uh, I'll be honest; I don't wear pajamas all that often. I, I go to bed in the birthday suit. Uh, <laughs> just putting out there. Uh, so for me, it's probably like once a week. Yeah, I just my pajamas are for lounging in for just a couple of hours right. in the evening, and even then, sometimes I don't fancy the PGs. I'll just stay in the club in the club that I'm wearing. So so once a week. I really I regret starting this conversation. There are too many images you can never erase. Like, oh, I'll put it out there. Is it more bizarre to be in the birthday suit? I think it's more bizarre to wear pajamas to bed, truthfully. Forget you washing your pajamas every four days. You'll be washing your sheets every day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere oh, else. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know on that front. It's a big uh, spot question. Apparently, number. according to a doctor, 
the magic number is actually about every three days. You okay. shouldn't be wearing the same pajamas for a whole week without washing them. Right, right. Glad go. we cleared that one up. Yep. The Off Script Podcast. Off scripts, fact or fiction. <laughs> Do you know that. what? Rog says that's not my finest work. I, I enjoyed it. I quite like that too. Yeah. I did not. It's did not know. your finest work, Rog. Up your game, Chief. It's a brand new year. Come on. Keep standards <laughs> high. You really didn't enjoy it, Chris? No, it was fine. It's I'm good. just pulling his chain. <laughs> He's now scrabbling <laughs> desperately. He's quickly redesigning I the feature. See, I can see the sweat running down his face already from here. I jest, um, Rog. I jest. So this is a, a, a brand new feature where we want you the listeners, to get involved in the conversation by guessing whether the story I'm about to tell you has been fabricated by our nameless army of off-script staff writers. Uh-huh. <laughs> or Robbie Greenfield. Or, or... Who's been working on this all afternoon. No. <laughs> we just keep it as a nameless army, please. Or is indeed, and you'll see why I want to yeah. pass the buck in just a few moments. It's got nothing to do with me, this. If indeed this story is actually true <laughs> and it happened. So, no, I'm going to say this is, this is fiction already. Wait, uh, <laughs> You're not supposed to read okay, it. Don't read it. I'm don't read it. it. I'm just, if you've listened to Rob there, he's basically tied himself yeah. in knots and admitted <laughs> that he himself wrote this. So go uh, on then, well, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's fact or fiction. You've got to guess. And there's no prize for this. It, uh, we, we're just going to tell you the answer and you're, you're going to get that smug satisfaction if okay. you're right and you're going to get that darn it, reaction if you're wrong and that'll make you determined to get it right the next time <laughs> I suppose alright I've been looking so, forward to hearing this all afternoon we're heading to Indiana USA for our first story where a bloke called David 42 years young um, the fact that I'm 42 by the way has absolutely <laughs> no bearing on this story okay he was residing with his parents um, and for the sake of the argument I'm going to call them John and Wendy uh-huh. for purposes of anonymity um, David he was a little too old not to have flown the nest, you might be thinking. 42 yet. But the truth is that he'd moved back in with the folks following a messy divorce, okay? Right. Okay, it happens. Um, now, for three years, he hunkered down with mum and dad, slowly putting the pieces of his life back together, his broken relationship. He just put it all back together, and finally, he reached that point where he was ready to move on to the next chapter. Okay. Okay? But to his horror he discovered that he'd be moving on without his most prized possession. Okay. <laughs> it turns out John and Wendy, and I have to reiterate, those aren't their real names, had made a shocking discovery in David's bedroom. <laughs> and I just want to say that they had stumbled upon his VHS and DVD collection. Oh, and and I'm, all I'm going to say on this is that this was not a collection of Disney classics <laughs> and Star Wars trilogies. I think... I think you're all very intelligent out there. You know exactly where I'm driving at. (laughs) There were. This is one of the most extensive collections ever compiled by an individual. Totally. Now, now wait for it. Over 1,600 unique titles. How does that collection stack up with your own? Yeah. I was just going to say, what's inspired the story that you clearly written? I don't have any of the Star Wars trilogies in my own personal collection, (laughs) nor do I have the Indiana Jones movies or anything like that. So mine is bereft, quite frankly. But, you know, the parents, John and Wendy, reacted as any self-respecting parent might to this discovery. They threw the entire job lot in the bin. Okay, now, you might assume that this will be the end of matters. You might assume that that John... um, Sorry, David... (laughs) 
But David, Doc John's the dad, suitably chastened and more than a little embarrassed, might simply have packed up his stuff and beat a hasty retreat. (laughs) (laughs) And that is an unfortunate pun. (laughs) But you might have assumed that that is what happened, okay? But look, we're dealing with one brazen individual and he was not willing to let this matter go quietly, so. You're he speaking took... to me directly because Chris is now literally in the corner of our studio, uh, like yeah. a child who's been set to time out, who has to just stand right. against a wall. Now, you know what David did? He took an extreme measure. Right. He sued his mum and dad for the grand total of £75,000, having calculated... That the damages incurred total, and this is mind boggling, about £25,000. <laughs> uh, David and his lawyer tagged an extra 50k on due to the quote, wanton destruction of property. Now, that is some collection. If the- you spent 75 quid on a 1600 VHS collection, <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> now, David's dad, in response to the suit, issued the following riposte. He said, frankly, David, I did you a massive favour. But it was David who indeed had the last laugh. He won the case and John and Wendy Aww. were forced to cough up the full amount of 75,000 quid. And I can only say that one can only imagine the tension during the Christmas family get-together oh. after that suit was yeah, closed. I mean- Jeepers, where to even start with this? Um, is this true or someone, false? Someone has said, is, is Robbie Dave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Rob, listening to this, uh, I think you might be Dave. Yep. Um, but, you know, is that a real story? Case, did that actually happen or have I just made that up? That's the question. Is it fact or fiction? Now, is the question, That's did the question that actually asking- happen in your own life or is this an article that you've read online? No, I'm not going to... What do you think I mean? <laughs> You think I'd make that kind of admission if this was actually me? Okay. What um, do you think, Chris? I mean... Yeah, what are you leaning on? Leaning towards? <laughs> Careful. Um, I am leaning towards just the way that you told the story. I think it is fact. It wouldn't surprise me if this is... I don't think it's you, Rob, in which case you should see uh, someone for help <laughs> on, on quote-unquote that addiction. Um, <laughs> it may well be someone that you know, though, Rob, the way you told that story. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go fact. Okay. Yeah. This is a hard one. It's yeah. fair to say. But, uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I think I'm going to go but just because it's weird to think of Rob making this story up on his own. For that reason alone, I'm going to go fact as well. Okay. I can tell you, I can reveal for the first time on Fact <laughs> or Fiction, <laughs> in the debut of this feature, I can, I can reveal that both Sonal and Chris are correct. Yes. It is indeed a real story. So do you, do you blo- think I'd go to the trouble of inventing that? <laughs> can, can we just can, can we just stop and, and labour over the fact that this bloke Dave had sixteen hundred unique titles? That ain't no. You, you I know, mean, I mean that's that's incredible. enthusiastic. That's that's a passionate hobbyist. Well, that is one heck of a collection. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would urge us all to move on, um, just in case uh, you know we occur or oh, yeah, incur uh, any any That's any blowback from this. Yeah, um, pardon the pun. Uh, but it is indeed true. It is indeed true. Uh, so well done to any of you who thought it was true yeah. or messaged in <laughs> that it was true. And this competition-free little feature will be back. I hope 
Same time next week. I think it's a success for your very first fact yeah, fiction. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and, and very skillfully delivered, it's fair to say. Jim's also been in touch to say the producer in the background nervously waiting to see where the story goes with hands over the kill button. Indeed. Yeah. We, we, and why, um, incidentally, did you change the names of John and Wendy? I just felt that I wanted to protect the parents' integrity. Fair. Um, but David, I think that is actually his real name. Yeah. Um, but I, I kept his surname out of it, you know, for yep. propriety's sake. Keeping it classy. Uh, well done, Rob. Someone else has messaged to say, no wonder the guy got divorced. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> Fair point there. Um, anyway, right. Uh, that is fact or fiction. And it will be returning next week. The Offscript Podcast. So and you've come across a great story and this has actually opened up a real rabbit hole of potential cringe material because he is certainly one to beat a hasty retreat rather like David did or didn't do in the previous story when it comes to awkward interviews, isn't it? Yeah. So are you familiar with Nick Ferrari of LBC? Of course, it's a UK-based radio show. I'm not familiar with him, but it turns out he has had to, and this is a story in The Guardian that I saw today, the guest seat has actually actually had to be bolted down to the floor. There's no kind of movement available anymore with that guest seat. The reason is because former Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, kept escaping off camera during tough interviews when he was mayor of London. Oh, that's great. So he's gone on to say, Ferrari, Did that is... Did they have to strap chair- him into the seat as well? <laughs> so like belt. a roller coaster a ride. seat on there, yeah. right? Somehow that would be so appropriate, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, well, in an interview, Ferrari said the chair was now firmly attached to a plate in the studio floor so that interviewees have to stay in shot of the webcam and avoid doing what he's been called, what has been referenced as the Boris Bolt. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he was, so, he was regularly interviewed in Ferrari's show called Ask Boris when he was mayor of London. That was between 2008 and 2016. And he, you know, whenever he would get challenged on tough subjects, he would apparently mumble and roll the chair out of shot. Oh, that was his technique. solution. That was his solution to a tough question. Mumble. Just mumble a bit and just roll away. <laughs> Genius is what it is. Oh, that man became prime minister. I know, right? <laughs> mumble. And then yeah. just roll away. Yeah, and I can be... just picture him doing it as well. Yeah, and just kind of slowly so good. <laughs> it's so good. Apparently, when he said when we were doing the Ask Boris shows and he was mayor, he'd be asked why he was cancelling the 63 bus. He'd just drift off camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> in order to prevent that from happening, don't, don't give a straight answer. Bolted the chair to the floor. I mean, it's just shocking this. Anyways, it got us thinking a little bit about some of the worst car crash interviews. And I think it's only fair for us to start with Bojo. Bojo. Right? And uh, this was, of course, quite a well-known interview that happened back in 2019 with with Andrew Neil of the BBC. Now, he was questioned by Andrew Neil about details related to Brexit, about how the UK would trade with the European Union after Britain made its exit. And it really involved Bojo's own strategy and his awareness awareness of that coming into question. You talk about Article 5B in Paragraph uh, 24. Article 24, get the detail Article right. 5, get the yeah. detail right, Andrew. It's how, Article 24, Paragraph 5 And how would you handle uh, Paragraph 5C? I would, res- I would confide entirely in Paragraph 5B, because that is... How would you get around what's in 5C? I would confide entirely in Paragraph 5B, which is you know enough for our purposes. No. <laughs> No, oh, I love the authority. <laughs> no. 
Someone's told him if you answer in an authoritative manner, whatever yeah. you say is going to sound credible. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? <laughs> but no. I mean, this is his own plan. Uh, so good. It was quite charming how he went on the offensive yeah. to try and put Andrew Neil on the back foot. And that then it was quickly, it. that was like a footballing <laughs> yeah. manoeuvre that went badly wrong. And he got counterattacked. Get it right, Andrew. Get it right. Know yeah. your facts. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Let's move on to another one. This is related to the boss of the British Dental Association. Now, I know Chris's reaction to this. You are going to just shrink back in your seat. You're not going to be able to handle it. Now, it was an interview from ITV's Tonight program back in 2009, and it featured Peter Ward, who was the chief executive of the British Dental Association. He was being asked about a very important topic, about, you know, in dental procedures, they use this amalgam. Now, there's a certain amount of mercury within that amalgam. And, of course, his dental association said that was safe, nothing to worry about. But the journalist was questioning that, about the safety of mercury amalgam fillings. And this is what happened. Right, but the actual vapour coming off the mercury filling. Using the, the, using the BDA situation is that can only happen when the filling is put in or the filling is removed. Yeah. So it can't happen when you brush, it can't happen when you chew. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, you've got to look at the quantities involved here and the significance of... of no, but you just told me it was zero. <laughs> OK. Well, is it la, zero la, la, or la, not? La, 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 la. Is it zero or not? No, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. If you're going to try and trap me, I'm not doing it. I'm not that. trapping you. You told me that there was no... No, no. You told me that there was no mercury vapour released from an amalgam filling. No, I'm not doing this. You're not doing what? Answering the questions that we told you we were going to ask you? No. You, you didn't tell me you were going to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la? That's a man who's panicking. Oh, oh that's cringe. Oh, that's so horrible, isn't la, it? La, 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 la. Someone yeah. save me. <laughs> the yeah. la, la, la. Where did that come from? Just, uh, he's panicking. That's oh, obviously a... Oh, wow. I can see why he works in an office and not as a singer, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Oh, that's oh, cringe. so painful. We've never had to bolt down the chair for our guests. No, fortunately not. No, <laughs> we clearly don't ask tough enough questions. We just deliver softballs. Well, so, you know what? Sometimes it's not the interviewee, but the interviewer that oh, makes you cringe, oh, right? Been there. Now, back in 1977, Barbara Walters had to sit down with Dolly Parton, who I have to say was just as classy then as she is now. Don't know that I can say the same for Barbara when it comes to this interview. To be fair, there's that kind of, you know, we on this show tend to have that reaction of it was of a time. Yeah. And yeah, you do see it through that lens. But even still, this one is rather cringe because... Barbara Walters was renowned for her interview techniques, for being willing to ask tough questions. In this instance, you can tell her own questions are making her uncomfortable because she can't even quite ask them. Oh, no. We're going to like this. Probably not. Where I come from, what I have called you a hillbilly. If you had of, it would have been something very natural, but I would have probably kicked your shins or something. <laughs> no, actually. But when I think the, of hillbillies, <laughs> am I thinking of your kind of people? I think you probably are. Uh, the people that grew up where I was were the ones that you would consider the little Abner people, Daisy May, and that sort of thing. They took that kind of uh, thing from people like us, but we were very proud people, people with a lot of class. It was country class, but it was a great deal of class. And uh, most of um, my people were not that educated, but they are very, very intelligent. Good common sense, horse sense, we called it. Dolly, did you look like this when you were a kid? Not quite. I mean, you didn't have, <laughs> the, you didn't have the blonde wig. But when no. you went to school, when you were 11, 12, 13, was it this about you? Well, you mean uh, the full 
uh, figure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Barbara, oh. could you go after Dolly like that? I mean, it's just, oh. She's just looking down on her, isn't she? Barbara? Yeah. It's so well, patronising. It's, it's patronising. Hoity-toity. You can tell she knows that the question's inappropriate because she can't even really ask it. What she's trying to ask her is, did you get plastic surgery? Yeah. But instead she's like, did you look like this when you were 11, 12? Oh, Who looks like that when they're 11, yeah. 12, 13 years Come old? Come on, Barbara. Yeah. yeah. A bit disappointing. Uh, let's go out with, uh, you know, one of our least favorite TV hosts. Yeah. So this one is not so much an interview, but a talk show I moment. I know where you're going with yep. this. Jimmy Kimmel was the guest of Spill Your Guts or Fill Your Guts, which is something the ex-late, late show host James Corden would do. You know the thing where he's got a bunch of disgusting foods on the mm. table. You can spin them around, but then he asks a question. The guest then has to either choose to eat the disgusting food, and they're really revolting. I mean, truly something you don't want to eat or answer the question honestly, right? That's the whole sort of setup of it. But in this one where Jimmy Kimmel was his guest, and, you know, he took on those questions, ate the foods that he needed to eat. The last question then turns back to James Corden and it gives Jimmy the chance to ask James a question. And it seems like he knew exactly where to go with this. Just to keep in mind, J Corden had the option to answer this question or to sip on a fish smoothie, which is it definitely looked foul. Name two of the cameramen in this room. Needless to say, James Corden could not name two of the camera people that worked on his very own show. It's not surprising, show. is it? No. I mean, it, was, it, was, to, it was awkward because it was point, real. So, yeah, to your point, Jimmy Kimmel's been tipped off on that. That's, He's that's known exactly what to do, yeah. He knows exactly what to do. Because the rumours of James Corden have been abound for many moons that he isn't the nicest of blokes. He certainly wow. plays a... But being plays buried a, by a fellow late show host. Yeah. yeah. You know, being yeah. attacked by a sort of... Cohort or a, I don't know, I don't are they know. rivals? If I don't you know. can't answer that question, that's on you, I yeah, think. I, yeah, I'm with Sonal on that. Yeah, yeah. So he must have enjoyed Imagine that fish that. smoothie. Like, what's the name of the two tech ops at Studio B right now, Rob? What? Jensie and Rog. There we go, finally. Don't Sorry, I thought you were really good. I thought you were <laughs> stitching me up. I was like, where's Studio B? Oh, yeah, it's right yeah. there in front of me. You know. Uh, very quickly, let's finish with our, our favourite guest on our script of all yeah, time. Yeah, because, of course, you had interviewed this, with this person that was memorable. But Steven Stegall, he's walked out a number of interviews. He walked out of this one with BBC Newsnight after being questioned about his alleged sexual assault. He simply takes off his earpiece and leaves. In terms of your life in America, you've been very much caught up in all the allegations of sexual harassment, you had a rape allegation yeah. against you, and I wonder how you deal with oh, all yeah. that. Yeah. Hello, Stephen Seagal. Take the microphone off you. Yeah. Stephen Seagal there, and of course, although he didn't respond there, he has said previously he denies any allegations that have been made against him. Just walked out, wow. as he does. Wow. Again, we missed a trick not walking out on him yes, when we had him on Zoom. That but, would have gone viral. Uh, I, I keep saying it. If only you had walked out on oh, Steven well. Seagal after he'd been maybe rude we'll do, to you. Maybe we'll do a Steven Seagal part two. I doubt it somehow. <laughs> the Off Script Podcast. What is the most Dubai thing you've ever seen with your own eyes just walking around this beautiful city that we call home? The most Dubai thing, the thing that... You would mo the thing that you would never see anywhere else yeah. on the planet, I think. Yeah. It can be mundane. It can be, uh, it doesn't have to be ludicrously ostentatious, yeah. but it, it, can it just has to be indelibly linked to this city. I feel those are the ones that are more powerful, the ones that we just take for granted. And then you stop to think and 
Where else in the world would you see this? It's the one that blew my sister's mind. My sister, after 13 years, was over in these parts back in October, was it? And the thing that she just could not wrap her head around is the concept of the safe driver. Of course, if you have a night out, if you're out with friends and family, you decide to drive there yourself, you've got all the intensive purposes of not having, let's say, a drop. You make the decision to do that. The beauty, of course, of Dubai is you can get a safe driver. Book them, they'll call, they're waiting for you, they drive you home, and then their buddy's there with their own car to drive off into the night sky. My sister was blown away by this concept. I mean, it is the most outrageous service, if you think about it's, it. It's incredible service. I love it. It's amazing. I've used it. It is very good. It's very Dubai. It is very Dubai. Another one, as Raj pointed out, was the idea of petrol getting delivered to your car. Yes. Fills up whether you're there or not. It's amazing. I mean, the fact that you don't even have to lift a finger and you could just have a full tank in your in your car nonstop mm. is, is incredibly Dubai We've as well. all been there. When yeah. We've been to a supermarket and you've gone, oh, I forgot the milk. No problem. Insta shop it. It will be here in 20 minutes. I mean, that in itself is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple that uh, that really sort of hit home during the festive holidays. One is, uh, and again, I don't know whether this exists elsewhere, but I don't think it does, valet parking at hospitals. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm going straight to the valet. As soon as I noticed there was valet parking at a hospital, which I won't, I'm not going to give it a free plug to. No. Uh, but you were parked it, up alongside the It's a lovely hospital. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to, sort of, you know, shoehorn my car into, uh, into the tightest of spaces so that someone else could park it, as opposed to me when the car park was literally... It had plenty of spaces, yeah. and it was literally 15, 15 yards away from where the lobby was. But, you know, if there's a valet, <laughs> utilise the valet surface. Yeah, yeah, valet parking at hospitals is you know, take, taking it to the, the next level. The other one that really strikes me, every time I go to a shopping mall, and it's getting to a point where I'm actually having to be on my toes here, because I am sprayed liberally. <laughs> Uh, with perfume, Sonal. Okay. Uh, by a, mul- a multitude of Oot. quite pushy, <laughs> yeah, quite pushy salespeople who who block your path. They're like rugby players that you have to pick your way through. Yeah. And they jump out as you're passing. You, you're obviously trying your best not to make eye contact, but they get in your face and then they just start spraying you <laughs> unsolicited. I have not purchased a bottle of aftershave in about eight years, Rob. Yeah. I pop down there just to get the old... I come out of that weekly. mall smelling like Paco Rabanne. <laughs> free plug. <laughs> not supposed to get free plugs on this show, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that, that is again I don't you know when you go home you don't, you don't yeah, encounter that yeah, sort of stuff a little bit less liberal let's say I mean they must go through a couple of bottles a day those yeah. salespeople some of the pushiest people I think I've ever met in my life they, very much so. they don't really take no for an answer yeah, as well they'll, they'll chase you down yeah I'm not do you think if I'm walking past Carrefour I'm really in the mood to sample a fresh <laughs> new fragrance some yeah. people are Rob I don't understand some people are it's, just, it's very strange. Very, very strange. Oh, but, so uh, many messages already coming through on this one. <laughs> Dr. Dion has said, a nanny for each kid. Yes. That is a common Man one marking your kids. Yeah. That's so <laughs> One for each of them. That is so common. Uh, Richard said, a Turk away. I wish that was available widely in the UK. The idea of just doing your whole Christmas dinner shopping as a takeaway. Yeah. It's and having so everything true. pre like made for you. You're absolutely And right. having an abundance of options of where you could do that as well. Yeah, that is so true. I I have loved the coverage of the supercars in the fleet for the Dubai police as well over the years. I really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed the kind of celebrity 
quality yeah. to to that. The fact that there is no other police force on the planet that goes quite as vital <laughs> yeah. as no. the Dubai police. No, I like that they have their own content development team and they create yeah. these quite dramatic videos of their busts. Yeah, I exactly. Enjoy, I enjoy those quite a bit. In my previous building, so I guess that our, my neighbors were moving out. They weren't the most social sorts. They weren't very friendly, so I didn't really get to know them. I suppose they were moving out because at some point, a couple days before they moved out, they must have turned their electricity off in advance or something because they were starting to charge their phones and their laptops in the hallway, in the corridor. But then they'd close the door. So you'd just see a laptop in the like socket outside in the hallway being charged, just being left there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of you know, course. unwatched. You can leave anything in this city. Don't do this, of course. You should really play the legal disclaimer. I don't want people messaging and say, I left my Ferrari outside my yeah. house last night. But you wouldn't see that anywhere else no, in the world. Wouldn't. There is yeah, no other place. And there is good reason that we're talking about yeah. all of this, of course, Sons, because there's a story that caught your eye today about ICE. Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's a Greenland startup that's decided that they want to bring glacial ice to your cocktail here in <laughs> Dubai. <laughs> and they are literally shipping it down. They're going out. I'm not sure I'd want glacial ice in my cocktail. Well, Isn't glacial ice full of sediment for a start? Well, they're claiming it's it's incredibly pure. So they're Arctic Ice Harvest, and that's the... Um, well, Arctic Ice is the name of the company, and they harvest ice from the fjords of Greenland. Then they sort of, you know, pick them up from different places, ship it to Denmark. From Denmark, it makes its way here to the UAE and they sell it on to bars so that you can have this black ice in your drink. The way they say it works is that it's purer than frozen mineral water. Um, It's been compressed over millennia, they say. So it's completely without bubbles and melts more slowly than regular ice. What would Greta make of this? I mean, I just it's it's shocking, I think. But and a lot of people have criticized it, of course. Um, saying that they've received a lot of criticism. Um, social media commentators saying, shouldn't you be worrying about the effects of global warming rather than selling glacier water? Uh, all sorts of comments. Now, they claim it's not that bad for the environment. I don't know about that because they say the refrigerated shipping that they're doing from Greenland to Denmark is usually sort of empty refrigerated containers because most of the traffic goes one way. Right. So they're going back empty-ish. Ah. I don't know about Denmark here to the UAE and how that works and how environmentally friendly that is, but it's a bit extra, isn't it? Do they bike it over they, here? They, they literally pick it up with a crane. They go looking for this black ice that's so clear you can barely see it that it's kind of broken off from the glaciers and it's just floating there. They'll pick them up with a crane, put them in a blue plastic crate until the boat is full, and then sail it here to the UAE. Jeepers. Could be in your drink. Would you be impressed? I don't know that. I mean, I, probably an extra 70 dirhams right? to have said ice in your drink. So. How expensive is this? Well, yeah, there was that story about them towing an iceberg here a few years back, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I don't know what happened to that. I don't think it came to anything. But we'll, have to, we'll have to look into that one, actually. I don't think it's going to survive the Indian Ocean, is it? Yeah. It'll, it'll melt, surely. Or is it maybe... It, that large that you know they figured they could get away with some of it melting perhaps but yeah maybe never happened but this is a goer is it so this is uh this has been happening apparently they have a um a company here that they're selling the ice to it's called um natural ice the local distributor so yeah okay you could go to a bar near you and potentially be sipping on glacial ice that is very Dubai. It's very Dubai. Um, speaking of ice, uh, you can get ice delivered in such a large quantity here that it will instantly chill a large pool. For those who can't wait, not that I have a pool myself, but I've seen it happen. Yes, like that ice. one's in from Dave. Yeah. That's Dave, yeah. Yeah, I've seen Dave. videos of that, and it is quite shocking, the idea that you can't get into a warm pool, so you have 
Ice Somebody deliver ice in the summer. It's, it's, it's good for the uh, family uh, pool parties. Someone else says, Sophia says, I saw a vending machine selling only shampoo near the Coca-Cola <laughs> arena. Okay. Like it. That's an odd one. Uh, clean public bathrooms. Very Dubai. No name on that particular message. So true. Um, somebody else, Finn this is, has said a silver plated car. Yeah. I mean, that is quite typical, isn't it? So good. Yeah. Handbags and phones left on tables when the owner goes to another shop. Shops open in the evening till late. Staff talk to you in the shops. Yes. Uh, someone else has said yeah. Amazon or other parcels left outside door of apartment for weeks. I had a delivery. It was a gift left at my place at Christmas Eve. Came back from the UK on Sunday and it was still there. <laughs> That's great, that. Fad said option to add gold flakes on your burger. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> How do you feel about staff talking to you? I, when I go in a shop and there's just me and the staff... It puts me on, on edge. I feel distinctly uncomfortable. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Why? Like, I like to browse. I ah. like to go into a shop. I like to mooch around, not commit to anything. If I just want to look at stuff and then leave the shop, you know, that can be my prerogative. Unfortunately, I feel pressured and I end up buying something I didn't even want mm. because someone comes up to me and starts, you know, the hard sell. Yeah, that kind of hovering. I don't like the hovering. The hovering. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hi, oh, can I help you? Yep. Uh, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Are you looking for that? Are you looking for that? You should get this. Okay, I'll get that. <laughs> at checkout check as well I get the amount of add-ons I've ended up agreeing to at checkout would you like this with your purchase uh, this, this, this is also we've got 60% off this you're too easily yeah. so I end up walking out of the place with uh, you know a new bottle of perfume or something that I never even came in to get you don't even need the perfume because you're being sprayed wherever you go apparently. exactly yeah exactly a lot of people All pointing out yeah. that it's easy to get out of that particular situa- situation Rob uh, uh, farther has said for the perfume pushers I just smile and say I'm allergic to perfumes yeah true just imagine they come true. out you just go I'm allergic, no, I'm allergic. I'm allergic. yeah, yeah should have nice yeah, walk away quickly Chiron's pulling her chain he says Dubai things nonsense radio shows oh, yep. I know he doesn't mean it that's what that's what I really you know what I'm not going to get to yeah, we're, we're, we're totally a nonsense radio show <laughs> you're absolutely right Chiron but I hope there that is was no said in jest <laughs> other show like this anywhere on the planet for good reason but you're tuned in Chiron yeah. so thank you yeah it would not be commissioned elsewhere <laughs> The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 